The following podcast is brought to you by Lady Norland's Cajun Cafe, RVA's favorite Cajun hideaway, in the fan at the corner of Maine and Stafford. Find out more at ladynorlands.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, good evening, folks. VCU Rams Rewind and the Facebook Live uh, uh, show here in the VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group, uh, sponsored by Lady Nolans, uh, Cajun Restaurant in Richmond. Patronize them, give them your business. Tell them that VCU Rams Rewind George Templeton sent you because they are a sponsor of this program. We're very proud to have them. And tonight was just one of those losses that, as other people have said in the game thread and, and folks have been saying, is the kind of loss they seem to get one of these every year now where they get beat at the buzzer. And they lose to Chattanooga, 56-54, Malachi Smith's shot. With less than a second left, I think it was about. I think they put point four back on the clock. Uh, Malachi Smith had a huge second half in this game. I mean, I'm gonna check that. Uh, actually, no, he didn't. It was DeSosa had a big second half. John Baptiste too, because they actually held him down. Malachi Smith had a had had a nice first half. Yeah, he had a big first half to 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 get them ahead, and he ends up with 20 points. And you know, you just it, when it with a shot like that. You've got to tip your cap to Malachi Smith. Nick Kern, who did not get enough minutes for me in the first half, and that was just one of a bunch of problems I had with some of the things the coaching staff did tonight, um, plays fantastic defense. He can't do any more. He contests the shot. If he does any more, he's going to get fouled. You know, sometimes the other guy just makes the shot, and sometimes you just have to tip your cap and say, you were the better man, and Malachi Smith was a better man there. But that's not why we lost this game, because he makes a shot, knows the game-winning points, yes. But what led to us being in that situation? Because, And I asked that, and I, and I posed that question, which, of course, I'm going to rhetorically, because, of course, I'm going to answer that, because when you look at the second half and the way the game was played, VCU was over 50% from the field in the second half, 12 of 21, which is, for this offense, which has kind of struggled, that's extraordinarily good. Easily their best half of basketball on offense. Um, and Bruce Stevenson, what a great stat. Yeah, this is the first time ever that VCU's lost two of their first three home games. That I can believe. And yeah, and, they, and they've lost them. You know, they've, 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 they've been both extraordinarily frustrating. Wagner, because they were just bad. Here they weren't bad, but they just they, they made enough mistakes to lose the game and put themselves in that position. And, I, and here's what I'm talking about. And this is where... For me, this is a coaching loss. This is a coaching loss because VCU, three consecutive halves of basketball. They really did a great job rebounding, but they got they got slapped around a little bit on the backboard in this half. It ended up being a little bit closer, 17-14, but offensive rebounds was 9-3, nine, uh, nine to three, and Chattanooga ended up plus four. Uh, in in second chance points in the second half, and that ended up being the difference. When you lose by two, everything becomes magnified. The turnovers, as Bruce Stevenson's talking about, they really hurt. 
because the funny thing is they only had six for the whole half, but the three in a row really hurt at the time. But here's where I'm frustrated with Coach Rhodes. Not just because I think he, again, waited one possession too long to get a timeout. That's par for the course, unfortunately. I know that VCU loves to pressure the ball up the floor, and, and Rhodes loves that trap and kind of loves to do the two-man the two man trap in the backcourt. And sometimes it works. And to me, it's good as a change of pace. But in general, this team is one of the best half-court defensive teams of the country. I'm sure of it. And they need to rely on that. And here's what happened about four times tonight. And again, in a game you lose by two points, this becomes magnified. They'd have that trap in the backcourt. They'd almost get the turnover. Either he'd barely get across the timeline, and they did get one 10-second violation in the backcourt, or somebody would almost get the steal, but then they would be out of shape defensively. They would be all over the place. Their rotations would not be would be messed up, and in, in, and you and Tennessee Chattanooga would take advantage of it and often get a layup. Sometimes to D'Souza, sometimes they get an open look for three, whatever. And it happened at least four or five times tonight in this game, and it's just like play it freaking straight, play it straight. You're such a good defensive team. You don't need a lot of tricks to force turnovers. Yes. You want to get those steals, and you want to get the fast break points and the easy offense. But I'm sorry, not at the expense of giving a team, especially a team that is struggling on offense, an easy look. And when you look at the second half for Tennessee Chattanooga, they win the game despite the fact that they were freaking 12 of 31 from the field in the second half. Here's the problem. They have as many field goals as VCU because they end up with 10 more shots. And that's rebounding, of course. And that was mainly DeSouza. In the second, this is, De, by the way, DeSouza, who they got from Kansas as a transfer, who was an absolute load, that guy. Holy mackerel. 13 points and 18 boards in the, and, excuse me, eight boards in the second half. So he man nearly had a double-double in the second half, uh, Silvio DeSouza. Holy smoke. You know, that's that's just I mean, and they did a job on him in the first half. Uh, you know, he only had two points and two boards at halftime. So that that's but that's where those 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 are the two things that really those are two of the things that really hurt. And it's like you gotta tell your players, yes, DeSos is bigger, but you still gotta get a body in front of him. Well, when he misses a shot, there needs to be somebody in front of him, whether it's Ward or Stockard or whoever. He may get the rebound anyway, but he may also go over somebody's back to do it. Didn't happen, but we got out of shape. We gave up some easy looks. Jean-Baptiste, who they did a good job on in the first half. He had nine points in the second half. He had a couple of his baskets came like that. And it just it was so frustrating because when because against Vanderbilt, what we did, yeah, we trapped a few times. Uh, don't worry, Bruce Stevens. I'm going to get to the foul shots in a minute. Yeah, we trapped a two, few times against Vanderbilt, but what we did the majority of the time was pressure the ball handler with one guy, and we were able to slow their offense down doing that and get into and get them into their offense later in the shot clock. And I don't see any reason why we needed to go away from that because we mostly played it straight, and they couldn't hit they couldn't hit anything. And VCU was doing a great job. And again, 
The same here. Uh, you know, Chattanooga only was one of six in the second half from three, as a for instance. And they have five of 18 for the game. That's 27.8%. You'll take that every time. You'll take that every time. And, and Bruce Stevenson and Mitch McGuire. Bruce Stevenson talking about the free throws being terrible. But Mitch McGuire hits on the real point. They only got to the line 11 times. Now, there was over – I think there was nearly 14 minutes to go when Chattanooga got their fifth foul of the half. In fact, DeSosa got his third, and Chattanooga got his, their fifth foul of the half. And I'm sitting there going, okay, let's get aggressive and go into the lane and see if we can, A, get the fourth foul on DeSosa. They didn't do that. And, B, get into this bonus sooner so that they could – so that, that perhaps – you know, they can win this game at the foul line if they can get the right people to the foul line. Because, of course, part of the problem they had with foul shots is that the wrong people got to the foul line. And not that I want to get on Ward's case, because you know I love Hassan Ward to bits. But Hassan Ward's the wrong guy at the foul line. Well, he had four free throws tonight. was one of four. And, again, when you're playing and you lose by two, that's just tough. You know, Brown Jones misses the front end of a one-and-one one in the first half. That's just that those are things that they are magnified in games like this. And it's really, really frustrating. And guys like Curry, who could get to the foul line and make some hay, he only gets the one foul shot, which was at the end of a three point play tonight. And that's that's you know, you expect more out of that that from him. You really do. Um, Vince Williams was three for four tonight. We'll talk about Vince's great game in a minute. But, you know, 6 of 11 from the foul line, but it's going getting to the foul line only 11 times. And you've got Curry, and you've got Sahonis, and you've got Nunn. You've got guys that can get to the rack. Kern, you've got players that can get to the rack. Even guys like Banks, uh, you know, and to get only 11 foul shots in a game, it's just not going to cut it. Seriously, that's not going to cut it. Not that Chattanooga was that much better. They only got 13 free throws. And in their case, they made just enough of them to win. They were 9 of 13, which is, you know, that's about par for what you want. I mean, that's just a little under 70%. But that, com- that, comes, from- that comes from the lack of post-entry, which that got better in the second half, and the lack of driving to the basket. And some of that's, you got to give Tennessee Chattanooga their credit on that. They're, they're defensively, they defensively matched the kind of production we need to do. Uh, and so you got to give them credit on that. Bruce Stevenson says Brown Jones needs to stop shooting threes. I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I'm kind of over seeing Brown Jones take that. I know he's made a few in his career, but it's not his game. Uh, he needs to get down low. And there was a couple times he got in good position down low. And we didn't get him the ball when we should have, and that hurt. But seriously, to get five fouls on Chattanooga with almost 14 minutes left, and it took them, I don't even, it, it, they didn't get into the bonus uh, for quite a while. You know what, I'm going to look at the play-by-plays while I go on, on about that. And they didn't even get to the double bonus. They only, they, only, they only ended up with nine fouls on Chattanooga in the second half, so they couldn't even get to the double bonus. You know, when you get that many fouls on a team that early in the that early in the second half, you just you just have to be making the you just have to be making making the plays there. That that you've got to be you have to be getting in getting into the uh, getting into them and getting into the getting into the uh, into the bonus quicker than that. Let's see here, as I'm I'm trying to look and see see where the fouls were. 
and when they got the seventh foul on somebody because it was it was a while yet. It was quite a while uh, before they got the foul. They got the seventh foul and got in the bonus. It was it was really just it was so frustrating. Uh, it might have been five fifty two. See, they what they don't tell you they don't tell you how many fouls there are. Uh, I just want to see foul. Let's see fouls. Okay, see if this will be easier. So. Yeah, UTC gets foul number five. There's 13-14 left, so it was a little later than I thought. And that was the third foul on DeSosa. You get the sixth foul, 11-21. You don't get into the bonus until Banks fouls with 5-52. So it took them – it only took them six minutes to get five fouls, and it took them nearly seven minutes to get the next two. That's, that, that's just not good offense. That's that's just not good offense, and it costs you. And it there were just it was just little little things here and there. You know they had done so much better on rebounding. Something that one of the, my other Facebook friends pointed out to me that I wish I'd mentioned in the last pod. You weren't seeing them one hand too many rebounds uh, in the in the uh, in in the in the in the like you did in the first first two games. And so their rebounding has been better. Kevin Grimes, you're right about average, what they're averaging in points, but you're not you're not right about poor teams. Wagner is going to be one of the best teams in their conference and may win their conference. Tennessee Chattanooga is going to be one of the best teams in their conference and may win their conference. So calling those teams poor teams, I have a real problem with that because there's this mentality that you're home and it's a bye game or whatever, so you're automatically supposed to be – VCU's not scheduling, you know, teams that are in the 300s in the net and in the 300s overall. That's not what they're doing here. They're scheduling teams that are a good chance to make postseason, whether it's, you know, one of the little rinky-dink tournaments or if the teams that could end up in the NIT or even the NCAA. They're scheduling good te- They're scheduling teams that, yes, they may not be in the top 50 of the net or the top 75 of the net, but these are not bad teams they're playing. And I really hope that that mentality hasn't seeped in enough because it's like you have to respect the opponents and you've got to realize that they're going to do some of the, some of the good things that you do, they're going to do to you too because they have good players. And it's like that dadgum DeSosa tonight, look, there ain't many, there ain't many front courts guys. Maybe we will in the Bahamas, but I, I'm almost glad we faced a guy like that tonight because – other than the Bahamas, I don't think we're going to go up against many front court players that have his size and ability, and and can freaking move like he can because that's what was killing them in the second half. Is that DeSouza, as big as he is, and he's a load, he could move just as well as Ward did, and Ward had trouble with that. And one of the big plays of this game was that dunk late. DeSouza runs right around a pile of players to get Ward off of him. And Ward can't get through, and, it, and they recognize it alley oop to him. It's an easy dunk, dunk. And yeah, and yes, these are home games, and you're supposed to win them, Bruce Stevenson. That is right. But again, we're not facing we're not facing bum teams by and large. St. Peter's was picked second in their conference. Wagner was picked, I think, first or second in their conference. Tennessee Chattanooga was picked first in their conference. We are facing teams that are capable of winning their conference. And some sad news to report, the VCU volleyball team just lost in the semifinals to stinking Fordham, who were the sixth seed out of six. 
yuck. Uh, and so their season's over. Um, so we're again. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any judgments about what's gonna happen in the Bahamas because I looked at the game at Vanderbilt and it's like a game if they could play three games like that in the Bahamas they're a chance to win against anybody they play. But they there are things they have to clean up on offense. Vince Williams tonight did a heck of a job. He was outstanding every facet of the game defense, uh, scoring the ball. That pass to Curry is one of the best assists you'll see this year for Curry's dunk. I mean, could not have perfect pass, and it was a bounce pass, and it must have gone about 50, 60 feet down the floor. Hit Curry in stride, easy dunk. And at that point, it looked like they were going they were gonna go on and win this game because they had momentum. Uh Williams was tremendous. You know, the 20-point game that he would have had without all the foul trouble on Wednesday, he had it tonight. 21, six boards. Uh but, you know, there was just – offensively, it's not good enough. Uh, yet another game where they had a problem with assists versus turnovers, eight assists versus 14 turnovers. And that's the other thing, eight assists on only 22 – on 22 made baskets. So they were not – they were not creating stuff in the offense. A lot of it was one-on-one individual stuff. And some of the plays that people made, like Kern and Deloach and a few other ones, were great. But that's not sustainable, and it cost us. Um, and look, a team like Chattanooga might be can get away with that because they got John Baptiste Smith, who can get their own shot probably against just about anybody, and DeSosa, who doesn't need much help because he's going to sit down in the post and do the job. Uh, Ward only had a couple block, blocks tonight. Uh, it was tough. Uh, DeSosa, DeSosa was a lot of work. And I'll be honest, they just they, – they were very smart, Chattanooga, in manipulating Ward a little bit and not letting him get in those positions where he can get those blocks and not driving at angles that favored Ward, unlike what we saw against Vanderbilt, where they were just they were playing right into Ward's hands so often. Yeah, there was a lot of hero ball tonight, and that was a problem. That was a problem. And and sometimes it'll come off, but then you get you get games like this. Uh, where where it doesn't at all, and it, and it's just it's it's really it's really frustrating, you know. Fa- looking looking at the second chance points, you know, Chattanooga gets zero in the first half, they get nine in the second half, and that just again two point game. Everything, everything is magnified when that happens. <sighs> so, you know, this is tough. There's two home court losses. The teams that are viewed as lower and lesser are tough, but as I explained and will continue to explain, at the end of the year we might be looking at teams – we're probably going to be looking at teams that are going to make postseason and the losses may not look as bad. Now it's the Bahamas, and, and we're not going in the way we wanted. I think, I think most of us would have thought 4-0 or at the very worst 3-1 going into the Bahamas. But again, I'm not writing off their chances to do well in that tournament because again, they're play they're playing great defense, but they've got to just they have got to just fix a few things on offense. Um, well, and I mean, look, I I kind of felt that at the start of the season, and I certainly felt felt Bruce Stevenson that zero three in the Atlantis tournament was a definite possibility after the first two games. But again, what I saw against Vanderbilt and even tonight was really good. Now the key is. 
in any in any in season tournament, you really want to win the first game and get into the winner's bracket because you're going to get better quality opposition. It's going to help your strength of schedule and help your net and all that. So that that's the critical thing here. The massively important thing is 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 to do that is to win that game against Syracuse. Now, while I'm at it, since I haven't since I haven't looked, why don't we look and see what, real quick what Syracuse has done so far? Um, because usually Syracuse hadn't done much. Oh, how about this Syracuse? <laughs> Syracuse is trailing Colgate at home by eight with seven and a half minutes to go. Hmm. How about that? How about that, folks? So, see, you know, just because, I mean, I know we, we tend to focus on ourselves, but we got to understand that, that, you know, we got to understand that other teams are going to have issues as well. And let's just remind ourselves, Syracuse is, is often typically the case. They haven't left the Carrier Dome yet. So we're getting them on a neutral floor. We'll have fans in the Bahamas, and that'll help us. And they're struggling right now with doggone Colgate. Now, Colgate's supposed to be pretty good in the Patriot League, so we'll see. But I'm, I'm absolutely giving us a chance in that game because, you know, it, it, I hope we're not this team, but we may be a team that plays to the level of the competition. And, and this is an up game because, again, it's a Power 5 school. By the way, Syracuse, before tonight, they played Lafayette at home and crushed them. They played Drexel, our old friends, at home, and won by 15. I'm looking to see. They actually trailed Drexel at a half and then got rolling in the second half against Drexel. So um, so they had a little trouble with those Dragons. So we'll see. Uh, this, this isn't like the Wagner game where it was so bad that you were just that, – that people were rightly ready to burn, burn everything to the ground and throw the baby out with the bathwater and all that. This wasn't that tonight. This was a hell of a game played by two teams that quite rightly think they're going to they're going to have a big say in their conferences at the end of the season. But this is this is one of those games where I think coaching matters and I don't like I do not like how much Mike Rhodes got away from something that worked uh against Vanderbilt and allowed Chattanooga some opportunities that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten. Because I'll tell you, just as in the other two games, when VCU was in the half-court defense, they were locking Chattanooga up for most of this game. I mean, that's, they shot 40%, 21 of 52, so barely over 40%. Uh, you know, they, they only made the one three in the second half. You know, five of 18 from the game is not going to bother you too much. It's just that, you know, VCU offensively, they, they've got to get this thing figured out. And again, it's got to be a collective. It, you, you just can't keep having games where you're, where you're not even getting half your field goals on assists or you're barely getting half your, your field goals assisted. That's, that's just, it's not sustainable. And, and that's what happened tonight. Because again, we, it's, it is, if you got a Bones Highland back there, but we don't. And, you know, they, they've got an interesting decision here because Marcus Sahonis has been hit and miss. I know they like Jaden Nunn coming off the bench because the last two games he's done very well off the bench. And he did well again tonight. He had 10. He was 0 for 4 from 3, but some of those he was taking at the end of the clock. couple assists. He was really good off the bench. Sahonis struggled. But Sahonis is not a point guard. 
And I think we're just there's gonna ha- they're they're gonna have to bite the bullet on that and say, you know, look, maybe play a three guard offense at times. I'm not. I don't think they can do that against Syracuse, but I think there might be times when you have to play none Zahonis and Curry and maybe go ultra small and kind of have Williams at the four. There's going to be some times for that. I think you're going to have to play three guards at times. Uh, but Sahonis, it, it just it's it's not a role he's comfortable in. And I know they're asking him to do it because Ace is not here yet. Uh, and they don't want to have to ask Nunn to do it for the entire game because he's a freshman. But Nunn's a guy that's got to run this offense. And even Williams, even Williams, because he at least demonstrates at times that ability to kind of conduct things out there. But it's not a role Marcus Sahonis uh, is used to playing, and he's just not. It's not a fit for him, and so they're going to have to bite the bullet on that and figure that out, and and do something about that, and put Sahonis in a better position for him to succeed. Because it was it was really tough out there for him tonight. Again, I don't blame him. It's not to me. It's not all his fault. He's playing out of position, and he played some guards that could defend tonight, and and that was that was a difficulty for him. So I think that's what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to bite the bullet on that. And, and yes, we don't want to load none up with a ton of minutes, but we did that with Baldwin last year. And by and large, he held up. He held up and produced. And and to me, none's getting better every game. You know, you still see sometimes he's he over dribbles and, and, and takes a bad shot here and there. But in by and large, none is, is, is making good decisions. He's making better decisions in a lot of cases. Uh, and his shot selection tonight was better, I thought. Uh, also, and and I think he's doing. I think he's growing into that role. And I think we got to give him the keys until until Ace Baldwin gets back here. Uh, one other thing, we got to get our front court players more opportunities. Levi Stockard hits the first basket of the uh, game with a nice high low from Ward, and then doesn't get another shot. And I know some of that's dealing with DeSosa, who's a load in there. And I know some of that is players might be a little gun shy about getting in the ball because he's missed some shots lately. But you know we got to post some of these guys up more, Ward and Stockard. And the main reason is if you post them up and then you get that collapse, we get those kick out threes, which is where when VCU's making threes, I think if we went back and looked at the tape, a lot of them have been guys either driving to the lane or the ball going in the lane and then getting kicked out for a three. That seems to me when they make their threes tonight. And speaking of that, uh, another thing I got to say about Vince Williams' game tonight. One thing I love to see, I, I've seen him do, and he did it the other night. Uh, uh, he did it in the uh, in the game against Wagner. He seems to find a way to kind of just sneak over from one corner to the other, and either either his defender just gets forgets about him or gets caught up in kind of the the mush in the middle. And he sneaks over to that other corner, gets an open look, and drains it. it. The play that he made tonight, he's driving in, and he actually drives himself into a terrible position under the basket, almost turns it over. Gets it out to Kerr. I think it's to Curry. It might have been to um, it might have been to Kern or none, but it, I thought it was Curry. And he, then he just leaks over to that corner, and his defender just either forgets about him or doesn't recognize it, and it's thrown over in the corner, and bang, he makes it. Right in the corner pocket. I, I mean, that's the thing. Williams in the corner seems to be money a lot. So, you know, maybe, you know, he's made a few out on the key in the wing too, but it's like we need to get Williams those open looks in the corner because he seems to be money 
uh, when he shoots in that corner a lot more a lot more than the other places. But he was he was fabulous tonight. And and on another night it would have been enough. On another night that would have been enough. On another night shooting fifty seven percent in the second half would have been enough. But it isn't just because of these little things. The rebounding, which they ended up they ended up minus four for the game and minus four on the offensive boards. And again, normally that wouldn't be so bad. The problem was in the second half, they were doing really good at halftime. And in the second half, they got dominated. They were plus on the offensive rebound side in the first half. They were minus six in the second half. And look, we're going to be in these tight games all year. So those second chance points really hurt because it's just it's just giving away stuff that 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 they don't that they don't have to earn. They kind of just get it, and it's easy for them because if they actually have to earn it, we've seen this time and again. They're not getting it against this half court defense. They're only seeming to get it uh, when we turn it over and they turn it into fast break points. Although there was there was none of those in the second half. Chattanooga only got one of those one point on fast break. Or it's you know it's second chance points, and that's that's the frustrating thing. So here's the plan: uh, I am off Wednesday and Thursday. Of course, Thursday's Thanksgiving. Wednesday, I managed to, I managed to get that off. Uh, so we'll be live. We will be live Wednesday, and even if I have to be an antisocial jerk, we'll be live Thursday doing these recaps. Friday, who the heck knows? It's going to depend on when the game is. I am working Friday. So if they have one of the, if they if they stick one of those um one of those uh uh flipping um consolation games that that they're in there if they stick one of those early then it's going to be I'll rewatch the game and do it and do a podcast for you afterwards and that'll be how that goes. So hope you all enjoyed this. Keep commenting uh on the video in the good and the bad and the ugly group if you were if you like to cuz I do like the conversation. Rate, review, subscribe on all your podcast platforms and share it around and tell people about it. Lady Nolan's Restaurant in, in, in Richmond, go get yourself some Cajun food before Turkey Day on Thursday because uh, you'll really enjoy that. And uh, believe me, like I say, I'm going to be thinking about Until I get back to Richmond and go there, I'm going to be thinking about that crawfish boil all the time because I know it's going to be fantastic. So thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching in the Facebook group. Uh, talk to you guys Wednesday when hopefully we'll beat Syracuse and get off to a good start in that battle for Atlantis. Uh, Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, join the Facebook group VCU Basketball Fans, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.